0: The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 36, Emotional Self-Care and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host. He's Michael Tanner. Michael, my friend, how's it going this week? Stephen, I am good as always. What about you? Doing well, doing well, can't complain. beautiful. You know, I didn't even check the weather today. and we, our pre, you know, we have a pre-show. I don't know yes. what, I don't know what that means, a pre-show. It's just us chatting. Well, it's only ninety-seven degrees, so it's not uh it's not blistering right now. Wow, cold freeze. It there, is. Huh? I mean, uh, you guys are in double digits. It's a cold front. Uh yeah, we'll yeah. be back. Oh, have no fear. We'll be back up over a hundred on from Wednesday through the following Tuesday at least. We'll be over hundred. So no problem there. How's it going for you in good old Atlanta GA?
1: Well, in Atlanta, it was a scorching eighty five degrees today, so yeah oh we uh, we were we were struggling with that
0: today, that is kind of hot because that's that's a that's a wet heat
1: yeah exactly yeah, I mean, I didn't
0: look to see what the humidity was today, but
1: I'm always assuming it's in the high seventies or
0: yeah. so at least that's so. great and uh yeah i'm glad glad to be on again this week, and I know in the month of June we're covering a different topic around self-care and last week we talked about physical self-care. I thought that was exciting and revealing episode for me. I learned a lot as I always do in these discussions and this week we're moving on to a different topic here in episode 36. What is it?
1: Yeah last week we talked about the fact that you know you and I are not uh, in any shape form or fashion athletes and uh, uh, you know we talked about how uh, our uh, physical routines are, are have been uh, limited to stretching and massages and things like that, um, hopefully our emotional care is a little better than our physical care. So today we're going to talk about emotional self-care. Uh, I thought we'd talk about, well, why is that even important that you take care of yourself emotionally? And then we'll share with our audience just from from the two of us, just some tips or tactics, if you will, around how do we maintain a good emotional uh, State of being uh, as a leader. How's that sound to you, Stephen? Sounds like a plan. Looking forward to it. Let's rock and roll. Good deal. Well, let's talk about the importance of emotional self care first. As as a leader, why is it even important that you, uh, you know, that you worry about your emotional self care? Uh, First thing I'd share with you here in in terms of the importance is just, just the fact that as leaders, it's critically important that. We make decisions, we, the, the things that we say, the things that we do, our behaviors, even our attitudes, they all are rational actions or thoughts or decisions or behaviors rather than emotional, right? You don't want to make a decision emotionally. You want to make a decision rationally. Um, this wasn't in my script, but just a couple of days ago, I read an article from a good friend of mine. He's a financial counselor. And he was talking about, uh, for all of those people that got out of the market a month ago or two months ago, man, they, they, they were acting emotionally because the market went down and emotionally they got fearful and they sold. And now, uh, I think the numbers he said now, a lot of folks that bought stocks two months ago are now at 179% now, two months later. Right. And so that's an example of making a decision emotionally rather than think through things rationally and, you know, look at the graphs, look at the numbers and through the history of our market here in the United States, it's improved over time, right? Um, It, it over the long course. And so that's just an example of you want to be sure that you're as a leader behaving rationally and not emotionally. And so in order to ensure that you've got to take care of yourself, you've got to take care of your own emotional state so that you can ensure that you're behaving, acting, making decisions rationally as a leader, rather than irrationally or emotionally. What do you think there, Stephen?
0: Yeah, when when you talk about the stock market, it brings up a couple of things um, that that happened uh, this week with me. Well, first of all, with the whole coronavirus and and what the market has done, we the market, I think, bottomed out, I'd say, I don't know if it's the peak of the virus because I don't even know what, what or when that was or if mm-hmm. it's even here in reality. But when I, I think that the public fear and the public concern was at its height and the market got to its lowest, it dipped below 20,000, the Dow, right? It was 19 and change, right? 19 high 19s. And right. just yesterday or Friday, I believe, uh, closed over 27,000. Right, 27,000 right. at the peak, at the peak before any of this coronavirus, when the economy's humming along, it was at 29,000. It had peaked over 30 during a trading period, then dropped back down It never closed over 30,000, I believe. But mm-hmm. let's just say 29 and a half thousand. And now we're all the way back up from 19 to 27, two or 27, one or something like that. And that's crazy to think right. about the volatility to, so the emotional volatility that people go through and it brings me you know I I went to um a little a little uh, uh I don't know it's it's a, it's a bar they have food and all it's right near nearby where my day job is and a buddy of mine good really good friend of mine CFO friend of mine uh we used to work together and he's um he's he's doing a couple side gigs and he is doing ready for this. He's doing some day trading. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. So he, we're <laughs> we sitting there gamble. <laughs> we're, we're sitting there at this, uh, local brewery. We're having a little, little brew there. Uh, it's some homemade stuff that they do and supporting local businesses. And, and he's telling me, he, he said, yes, Steven, I've been day trading and I've been sitting at the kitchen table. And he said today, for example, I was in and out of the market in two hours. And um, he's got a bucket of money that he plays with Mm -hmm. and he goes in and he goes out. So he's a CFO. He's a financial guy, right? He's got his whatever methodology and formula. I would be a a wreck trying to figure that out. Right. But you know, he's got the controls, the stops. If it drops below X percent, it stops and sells. And so he limits his downside risk and, and all that, but he's, he's, that's his deal. He's a finance guy, but it just makes me think about the emotional state that people go through that are different. For me, I'd probably be a nervous wreck. For him, this is a very methodical calculato- calculation-based event. So mm-hmm. the moral of that is, in my view, is if you have 100 people at work, chances are you have 100, 100 different levels or versions or definitions of what an emotional state is, and what's emotional to you or I may not be emotional at all to someone else and vice versa someone else could be in total freak out mode and you and i are looking at each other going i don't get it that's just a problem work through these six steps and that's going to solve right so you can't take for granted that everyone is like you right you just can't do it which makes you have to think about think about that in the way you interact, the way you solve problems, the way that you, again, as human beings, we all think and operate differently. But these are the considerations that I think about from a from an emotional state of mind, especially at work. And this is a 24-7 deal here, emotions. But we're talking at work right now with leadership. It's something to really consider.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, we're going to get to some tips and, and tactics a little bit later. And I would say that some of these tips and tactics work for me. Some of them will work for you. Some of them will work for our audience. The important thing to recognize is some, you know, what you were saying. There are different things that impact us different, impact our emotions differently, right? Um, some people can watch the news all day long and and not get all twisted up about it or worried about it. Other people they watch five minutes of the news and they they think the world is ending, right? right? So you just got to recognize those things because you're right. We all, you know, we're emotionally different creatures. Uh, and so we got to recognize that. But it's important as a leader, again, that we recognize what does get us all spun up emotionally so that we can control that as leaders. So again, that we'll be acting rationally. But second to that, second reason that it's important that we, as leaders, control our emotional state. And, and if you want to go back in, into the archives of this podcast, if you go back to episode 23 and 24, Stephen, you and I, we talked about having difficult conversations, and we also talked about having uh, our conflict resolution as a leader. And in those two podcasts, what we talked about is we, as a leader, we talked about the, the, the need to be able to navigate, work with uh, the emotions of other people. Right, And so I think it was in the conflict resolution we actually talked about, you know, name out loud the emotions that that person is probably feeling. Look, I got to imagine right now you're feeling angry at this situation, right? And so we as leaders, we've got to be able to work with and manage the emotions of others a, as well at times. First of all, we've got to recognize how they might be feeling emotionally. And then we've got to work with that and manage that. There's no way that we can do that if we're not managing our own emotions to start with, right? I'm not going to go into a conflict resolution situation. And if I'm all angry and frustrated and I'm not managing that myself, then I'm not going to go in there and effectively navigate that conflict resolution and, and tone down the anger and frustration in that other person. If I haven't first done so in my own emotions, right? And so That's kind of the second reason that emotional self-care is so important is because, yeah, you've got to manage your own emotions, but as a leader, you've got to be willing or or able to uh, manage the emotions of others as well.
0: Absolutely. It, It goes without saying it's with, as in so many things in leadership, if you can't demonstrate being effective and influential yourself, then chances are you're not going to be able to help others through similar problems. So you've got to, it's kind of like you said last week, Michael, the oxygen mask falls from the, from the top, from the little overhead thing on the airplanes, it falls down. You've got to take care of yourself first. So you are in a position to take care of others later. No difference with emotional self-care and helping others in times like, because As I as I just said a a few moments ago, what's emotional to you may not be emotional to them or more likely there are emotions across both or across you and your team, but they may be at different levels. Right. What's less of a concern to you is more of a concern or an emotional uh, feel for them because they don't have all the facts. Maybe they don't have all the detail, maybe. And it's going back to these prior episodes where we talk about. The clarity and communication, making sure that people understand, not just do this because I said do it, but do this. Here are the reasons. Here are the benefits. Here's the why. We want to understand that. And once you understand more of that, the chances of it being an emotional response or an emotional sense, those are going to be, I think mathematically just lower and, and reduced. So the moral of the story here is make sure you check not to check your emotions because emotion in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's it it's part of being a human being. It's part of being who we are. But it's making sure the way you display your emotion, the way that you have it impact and influence the decisions and interactions you have with your team members and with different teams, those are the important points here. And if you can do that, you're just you just have that other that additional notch in your tool belt that some leaders don't have, which is an ability to balance their emotion and how they lead others in the organization.
1: Yeah, totally, totally agrees there, Stephen. And, and I, I, I think and I hope that we have convinced our audience that emotional self-care is important. As a leader, it's super, super important. You've got to behave rationally. and You've got to help navigate the emotions of others. And therefore you got to control your own. I think what I'd, I'd like to do now is, is kind of move into what are some of the tips and tactics that you and I use to best maintain a good emotional state in our leadership. And I think the first one I would mention here, and I've, I've mentioned these before in our podcast. I think I mentioned it back when we talked about ego and, and how do I keep my ego in check, things like that. But I'm a big fan of what I call mental triggers. Uh, and these are just, uh, for me, they're typically just little little questions or little sayings that I will say to myself. Sometimes I'll even say them out loud, but I'll say to myself such that they they trigger that, that mental awareness of whatever the situation. And, and as it relates to my emotions, the little trigger phrase that I have for myself is, what am I feeling right now? So, and I, I will, you know, throughout the day, I'll just... Especially when I know I'm, uh, I'm either in the middle of, or I'm about to go into a situation where, um, my emotional state is, is critical. Then I'll ask myself that, right? What am I feeling right now? Maybe I'm going into, uh, I'm about to go into a meeting and I know I'm going into a meeting, a one-on-one meeting with a, with a member of my team. And this is a, it's a bit of a reprimand meeting, if you will. Maybe it's a performance review type meeting. And I, I know that I'm going to. Uh, you know, have to reprimand this person for poor performance or something like that. It's really, really important before I go into that meeting that I ask myself, "What am I feeling right now?" And and I, I need to ask myself that so that my mind will will tell me, "Well, here's how you're feeling right now," uh, and then I can, I can, take the action necessary to make sure that I'm managing that right. Um, so, for instance, in that situation I just described, I would ask myself, "Well, how, how am I feeling right now?" And the answer is probably going to be, well, I'm, I'm rather frustrated right now. The, the emotions that I'm feeling right now are frustration because, you know, this is the third time I'm having the same conversation with this guy and I'm getting kind of tired of having, to have, having to have the same conversation. And so I'm feeling pretty frustrated right now. Having said that now to myself, now I know, Hey, take a deep breath, relax. Look, frustration. If you go in there frustrated. It's not going to get any better than that. And it'll just turn into an argument with this guy. So just go in there with the facts, go in there with the data and the examples and the facts, and just lay them out for him unemotionally, just rationally. Here's the information related to your performance. But it's that, that initial going in, that initial mental trigger. What are you feeling right now that enables me to do that? Otherwise I'd go in there frustrated We'd be in an argument before you know it, and I've lost all credibility
0: as a leader at that point. Yeah, and and another way of thinking about that, Michael, is going into the discussion unprepared, right? That's just another way to think about it. And and if you go into any conversation unprepared, chances are that you're not going to get the outcome you hoped to get. Therefore, you want to be prepared. Whether you go into a business or a finance meeting and you have numbers in front of you and you can articulate the business performance and talk about why things are good, why things are not good and what you're doing about it. The same goes here with the emotional side and the emotions that you're feeling as a person going into a conversation. Instead of the numbers in front of you to be able to articulate that, you have taken this inward, uh, you know, inward look at yourself in the mirror to say, how does this situation make me feel? And then how do I take that and frame it? In a way that gets us to a productive outcome in the conversation, your point of if it's a reprimand or a performance conversation, you go into that knowing that that's going to probably frustrate you a little bit just because you can anticipate how that conversation might go. And the better prepared you are by understanding those emotions that you feel and that we feel going into these conversations the conversation is going to go so much better. You're going to likely get to an outcome that may not be perfect, but you can both live with and you can move on to the next issue uh, in the day. And that brings me to kind of a follow on to that one that I'll bring up, which is, and, and this is, this isn't in the literal sense, or this isn't in a way that you can literally get into somebody's head, but what are they feeling? And Asking yourself, just as you did, Michael, when you said, how do I feel? Think about how they feel. If if Bobby over here, you're calling into a performance discussion, you know, what's Bobby thinking? Does Bobby even know that there's a problem? Well, if folks out there are following our guidance and doing one-on-ones and doing all of those things, there won't be any surprises, right? There won't be any surprises with Bobby. but if if Bobby comes in and maybe he's not fully aware of a performance issue or he's not fully aware of a behavior issue and you can anticipate, how would that make you feel if that were you? And we've had an episode on that actually about kind of, of I don't know what episode it was, but it was about anticipating how your team feels and, and being able to get in front of that. It's the same thing here, but you do it from an emotional perspective. Standpoint. We know how we feel. How does Bobby feel? And if you can get 10, 20, 30% accuracy on just what they might be thinking, you're going to have a much better conversation, better dialogue, better give and take. And you're going to get to an outcome that is successful. And successful can mean a lot of different things, but you're going to get to a place that's successful. And it's important to frame that up both on your side and with Bobby, who may be coming in for something that's not up real positive and anticipate that so you can then use that to uh, have a very productive conversation.
1: Yeah, you know, super great point that you make there, Stephen, around uh, being prepared for a conversation or being prepared for a presentation or whatever it might be. Uh, And so often, I believe we overlook our own emotional state, our own emotional well-being as an element of that preparedness. So you, you make a great point in that if I'm going into a meeting with someone, then I'm probably going to have all the data, all the information, all the history, all the, you know, I'm going to have all of this factual data and information, but too often we go in with just that. And yes, from a data standpoint, we're prepared. But from an emotional standpoint, we may be not prepared, right? And so I totally agree with you and love the idea of include emotional preparedness in your preparation for a one-on-one meeting or a presentation, whatever it might be. Uh, Include that emotional state as a part of being prepared as well. That's a super, super great tip. Um, Number two for me here, and this is... Uh, really, really important. I, we talked about this a little bit last week. In that, I'm I'm pretty regimented and disciplined about my morning routine. And part of the reason that I'm so disciplined and regimented about the that my morning routine is uh, there is an element or an aspect of my morning routine that really sets me in into a good emotional state for the start of my day. Right, I, I just get started well with my day through a, again, a very disciplined morning routine. And as I, as I come out of that morning routine and start my day head off to the office, whatever it might be, then emotionally, I'm in a good place to start, right? I'm not starting my day all anxious, all worried, all, you know, all, you know, uh, torn up about something or angry about something. I'm starting my day after that morning routine just in a really, really good uh, emotional state when I do that. So that, that's one of the, the the benefits of my morning routine that I really, really enjoy.
0: Yeah, it's great. I, I need to get more intentional myself. I, it's one of the things I I look at you and say, you know, I need to do more of what Michael does. And that's this, uh, who is it again? Hal Elrod? Um, Hal Elrod, yeah. a great book called The Miracle Morning. Um, and it
1: has... Um, It has six elements to your morning routine. I do them in a, in a slightly different order, but the first one is silence. The first three kind of equate, if you put them together, they kind of equate to what a lot of people will call meditation. It's silence and then affirmations and visualization. Affirmations is just these positive statements you tell yourself, you know, uh, visualization for me, it's, I just kind of, if you will, close my eyes and just imagine what's today going to look like for me, right? What do I want today to look like? So that's silence and then uh, affirmations and visualization. Uh, Then he does exercise. He recommends exercise, which that is a lot of times where I'll do my stretching routine. And then he recommends reading and writing or scribing. He calls it scribing. Um, But um, that, that, those are the six elements. And if I'll do those without letting a whole lot of, Outside interference come into my morning routine, then I start with a great mental state,
0: emotional. Yeah. state. yeah, it's it's great. I need, I need to do more of that and be more intentional about that, and I think that would help me a lot just in my emotional state and bring some balance to me. And I know it all started last week with our discussion on getting good sleep, and it's something that I that I think about as well. If you have good sleep and you wake up refreshed, chances of you being in a better Predictable emotional state throughout the day is, I would think, naturally higher, and it's something that that's important. So, your point, your point is great, and I'll I'll take a little different slant on that. So, good morning routine uh, routine is awesome, and then just from an emotional standpoint, and this is uh, from a guy that I've never mentioned before, good old Zig Ziglar. Uh, have you heard of him? I've never heard of him. You never no. heard of him? No, <laughs> I, f- I follow her. I follow her Zig Ziglar. Well, yeah. that's exactly the way Zig would say it. <laughs> He's from L.A., lower Alabama. And uh, so Zig would always say, and when he first said this, I think it was on uh, See You at the Top or Over the Top where I first heard it. You can go back and, and listen or read those books. They're great books. But but Zig would say, and I subscribe to this, is the first interaction you have in the day sets the tone for how your day ago. And, I think of that as emotionally how your day ago, because and then it's kind of like a a pink Buick. If if you if you look for a a pink Buick, you're going to see them everywhere. Right. Right. Uh, If you're not looking for one, you never see him. It goes with goes with a lot of things in life. It's about our observation. It's about our mindset around that. And when you interact with someone, it gets you in this. Is it a positive mood or a negative mood or a neutral mood? And that can tend to stick in, as you say in the South, stick in your craw. Yes, is that the way you say it?
1: I know exactly what you're okay. talking about.
0: Yes, that'll you got it right. That'll stick in your craw all day long. So, if you, for example, I go to work in the morning, I walk in the door, and I'm immediately met with a person who's telling me about a delivery that's not happening, and about you know why so and so didn't do this right, and it's you know, now I'm just thinking about that as much as I would love to tune that out and go, okay, I'm not going to let that affect me. You can't unsee things. You can't unhear things and it will emotionally affect you in some way, shape or form. And you have to be able to manage through that. Now on the flip side, I show up to work. And the first thing I hear is something that phenomenal that happened and uh, you know, Johnny over there was able to get a job out in half the time, or we exceeded our target on something, or uh, we had a big win in another part of our business. Now that 's setting the tone with a real positive kind of injection of that emotion for the day, or for the morning or for that first interaction, which can then carry me through some of the ebb and flow of the day. So what I would say to folks out there, if you're listening to this, just be intentional. Think about how do you position yourself intentionally to control the first interaction you have of the day. Look for the positive, seek that out. And when you do that, you're going to be injected with some positive thinking, some positive feedback that's going to get you jump started and have a more positive, generally a more positive outlook on the day without having to be bogged down with a bunch of negativity. What do you think, Michael?
1: Yeah, no, that's super important. And that is why I, again, I'm just so really disciplined about my morning routine and, and, and doing that even before I leave the office is because, you know, to your point, we can't always control what's going to happen when, when we get to the office, right? I, I have the best of intentions when I get to the office of uh, early. One of the first things I like to do is just kind of walk around, say hello to people and just, you know, just uh, a little bit of chit chat, if you will but who knows what I might get met at the door with someone that's got some really, really bad news, like you were saying. And if that happens on top of, I've had a really chaotic morning and you know, I'm, I'm already showing up to the, to work in a, in a bit of a, you know, with anxiety a little bit and I'm, I'm already rushed and all that. And then that guy meets me at the door and has got bad news. Well, it it just snowballs, right? It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, but while i'm at home before i ever leave my house i have a lot of control over those outside influences uh getting me into a bad emotional state so that's why i'm uh, just so disciplined about that morning routine because i agree with you it's probably not going to get better than the first you know few minutes or first interactions or whatever of your day um and for that reason a part of Next bullet I have here, part of my morning routine is I do not allow, and I do this throughout the day, not just in my morning routine, but I do everything I can not to allow negative things or things that worry me or, or things that anger me. I, I do everything I can not to allow those things into my mind and, and into my life. You know, right now during the whole COVID-19 pandemic we have all over the world, and then here in the United States we've got the, the the riots going on in the various cities. And it would be easy for me to sit and watch the news of all of that and just really, really get angry about it, get all torn up about it, get worried about it. And if I get a, if I were to get up one morning and watch about a half hour of the news, then yeah, I'd probably get to the office and I'd be in a really bad mood, and I. I'm probably not going to be a really good leader, but my morning routine, I don't allow any of that. I don't check my, I don't allow my phone. I don't check my email. I don't, um, I don't look at social media. I don't turn on the television for news. I don't do any of that because I don't want any of that to to come into my mind and and wreck my emotions while I'm in the middle of this morning routine, trying to prepare myself for the day. Uh, And even on my commute into the office, I don't listen to news radio. I listen to podcasts on the way into the office. And so, again, I've controlled that morning, that first interactions of the day, such that now when I get into the office, I've started my day as as uh, as well as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, and this goes to show how different people have different kind of views on emotion, right? I am a news junkie. I love watching news. I listen to news going into the office. I listen to podcasts. I listen to Books. I listen to you know just stuff randomly, and I just don't let the news overly affect me because you know by default when you turn on the news, they're sensationalizing right. most everything, right? So it's never really as bad as it looks, and it's probably not as good as some some other stories try to make it look. So I just know that's that's the kind of the media today, and and that's the way it is. But I don't let it. I, I try to glean the facts out of it. Yeah. And the facts, again, that's emotional. These are facts that I determine are facts to me. And that's part of the emotional equation here. But I just know, you know, news used to really bug me and all, but but more, more and more I just look at it as a as a point of reference and a po- a way to get information. I think the frustration sets in for for me and maybe for you and then for a lot of people around the first interaction you can have during a day is traffic. Right, mm. Not during COVID-19, yes. because I've been going into the office every day, and traffic has been just heavenly. It's been a breeze, it's been great. I haven't met with any resistance, but I know that day is coming to an end at some point. And if I go to pre-COVID-19, there are times where I get in this, you know, an i-10 and going through Phoenix, it is uh it, it's bad. It's bad, and you can just you know be stopped in the middle of an interstate for a couple of minutes and then go up 50 feet and then wait and Atlanta is not much different I don't think actually Atlanta's probably worse and the reality is is if you allow that to just be that interaction of the day that just causes you to flip out in your mind it could really make for a bad day so what I do is I choose kind of like the news for me I choose to take it with a grain of salt I leave work I leave home going to work just expecting traffic to be bad Expecting it to take me, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour to drive into work. Uh, I just expect it, and and if it's better, it's great. But also, what I do is if somebody cuts me off, or if somebody, you know, flips me off, let's just say, or right. if somebody, you know, slams on their brakes in front of me, or somebody, we've all we all experience that dynamic. And the reality is, is if you let that affect you. You're the only one affected by it. But as I can promise you, that person in the car that cut you off, that person in the car uh, that did whatever to you, they are going about their day, merrily about their day with no thought about how it affected you. And the only person you're allowing it to affect you is you. So choose, be intentional, choose to not be emotionally uh, upset by that. And if you do that, you're going to just you're going to have some some different outlooks and a way to frame the emotion around around those interactions and it's going to get you through the day much cleaner so the news that's a personal thing for everybody if if it doesn't work for you don't watch it if it does and you can kind of whatever then that's fine but I agree with you on the phone part right i try not to be uh because i'm a little bit of a squirrel and look at shiny objects what i'll do is almost a hundred percent of the time my phone is, is on vibrator ring. I hardly ever leave it to disrupt me. I wear an Apple watch and I can get the little vibration. I can look and go, ah, eh, I could ignore that and put my hand over it and silence it. But I don't like the phone being a big distraction to me because right. I don't know about you. I get tons of, uh, I'm like, who is that number calling me? And I yeah. just, I just, uh, I almost never pick up the phone if I don't, ever pick up the phone if i don't recognize the number so i don't allow that to get me into an emotional state that's gonna disrupt my day so good really good stuff um i think that covers our points man what else do we have to unpack about this
1: well you know i don't have any other points or tips or tactics that i would share other than look here's the deal that we live in the world today where there's tons and tons of information out there so there's books there's podcasts um there's lots of resources that you can use around the idea of emotional intelligence. So just, just put, we talked about how important emotional self-care is for leaders. And I hope you believe us when we talk about that it is important. And so just put that on your list of topics that as a leader, you want to learn more about. So go find books, go find podcasts, go find whatever that's going to help you with emotional intelligence, recognizing your own emotions, but then also influencing your own emotions as well. And that'll make you a better leader. So that's that's our spiel today on emotional self-care. Awesome.
0: Good stuff. Good conversation as always, my friend. Let's go ahead and transition to behind the scenes. Why don't you uh tee it up first this week?
1: All right. Yeah, sure. I'll go first. So uh I've talked a number of times, I think, on our podcast here about the uh the quiz that's been that I put together, the landing pages I put together. Uh, And I've gotten a lot of really good uh, results and feedback from that. I've gotten a a number of people that have taken the quiz and and came back to me and said, yeah, this is spot on. This is, you know, it's really identified some areas that our team struggles with. I've uh, had others that came to me, uh, you know, a little bit surprised. Wow, I didn't, uh, you know, I never would have seen that in our our team. And then as they watched the videos associated with the, the teaching around that particular enemy of teamwork, uh, then they, you know, they came to the revel- rele- revelation that yes, um, we do struggle. Our team does struggle with this. So I've gotten a lot of great feedback with that. And so now, having all that in place, uh, really for me, it's entering into uh, uh, an advertising and marketing promotion phase for the quiz and and for uh, uh, you know team building. And so I've been doing a lot this past week with Facebook ads. I've been learning a lot about on Facebook ads. I, I've got a great course over on Unibi about uh, Facebook ads. So I've been going through that and, and walking myself through that. I've uh, experimented with a few Facebook ads to, just to see what the results would be, the different audiences, different, um, you know, video ads versus image ads and things like that. And so I've just been doing a lot of work now for the sake of uh, learning and for the sake of promoting advertising and marketing uh, the quiz and the team building that
0: I'm offering as well. Yeah. What budget did you set up for your Facebook ads?
1: So I've mainly been doing uh, $5 a day. Um, But then there are a couple of times where I had two or three ads going at once. And uh, just to kind of compare the two split test as Facebook says, or or anybody that's testing ads, I guess, uh, but to kind of split test, I've had a, a number of different ones running at any one given time. Uh, so yeah, I've done the probably averaged at seven bucks a day for the last mm. say week or so. Um, and uh, for the for for now, it's a matter of learning and you know just kind of tweaking what's working. Once I identify what's working, then I can start to apply more budget to it yep. um, as necessary.
0: You can scale it up sure right but yep. yeah it's yep. it's you know i i tried the facebook ads uh i had mentioned to you a year year and a half ago and and like a lot of things i do i'm not saying i recommend this to people because it's clearly not not the optimized way i just jumped into a 12 foot pool and didn't know how to swim and <laughs> right. uh yeah or as you in georgia would say into some sort of water hole yeah. right yeah yeah yes. with snakes yeah. and all that Sw- stuff swimming and, hole yeah there you go swimming, swimming hole, hole. And so I jumped right in and I thought, you know, how hard can this be? I'll just throw some words up there and a link and this and that. I was like, I was, it was, I have a shredder over here next to me. I could have just saved myself the frustration and the emotional (laughs) pain as we talked about and just stuck my money straight in the shredder, you know. So I'm I'm really encouraged by uh, you doing this instead of me. Because I've had this kind of going to the dentist bad experience with Facebook ads, and I'm looking forward to uh, learning. So this, this Udemy course that you took, was this one that you just kind of looked and s- saw the ratings, saw how many students were in it, and kind of used this and said, I'll try that one, and it, or was there another way? You know,
1: it's, it's totally different, actually. I came across this Udemy uh, course over two years ago. And I came across it and was convinced to jump into this course because it they were having a promotion, twelve dollars I think for the course, um, and and if I recall correctly, I think the ad for it, the twelve dollar ad, and all talked about you know that this, uh, I don't know if it mentioned that I would be a beta tester or something. Anyway, but early adopter maybe it mentioned or something like that. And so, I looked at the course two years ago, a little over two years ago, and it had a few, um you know, sessions in the course, but I thought, oh, this is lacking a good bit. And so I I put it aside. I I didn't need it at the time either, but I put it aside. I haven't even looked at it. Uh, And now that I needed it, I I went back and I searched through some of my history and I found it. Since then, they have really, really built this course out. I don't even know what it sells for now. I I don't even know if I can, how I can find that out uh, in Udemy. Uh, But they've really, really built the course out now. I got it for twelve dollars uh, you know, two years ago. I gotta imagine it's a couple of hundred dollars now because it's got enough information in it, it's probably worth it. It's been a really, really good course, but I got into it just
0: because it was cheap two years ago. Yeah, and that's the the whole beauty of Udemy. And I have I probably yeah. have a dozen courses that I've signed up for on Udemy because here's a rule of thumb for everybody out there that are still that's still listening. Never pay full price for a course on Udemy because Yes. It used to be Udemy, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts from people that are Udemy people and all, but it used to be a, a few years ago, or maybe even less time than that, that uh, Udemy had tons and, you know, it's, it's National Pizza Day, so they're going to have a sale, right? So there was a sale. All in, in perpetuity. It was it was all the time, and they're ten to twenty dollars. Right here's a course three hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, it's, yeah, it's ten bucks, fifteen bucks. So a never pay full price for a course on Udemy unless your timing and, and need is so critical. But now they've slowed that down. uh I don't want to say it's their algorithm, but it's their it's their method now. Is I think as they've penetrated more in the market, they've slowed down having a sale every time somebody blinks their eyes to now it's more around holidays. It's like a Memorial Day sale, and it's a yeah. Father's Day sale. And a lot of those are, are still there. They're not as frequent, but it's still 10 to $20 a course, hold out for a course that way. And another thing about Facebook that I've heard on a lot of podcasts, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this, is, is that the algorithms and the, and the nuances of Facebook advertising change frequently. Right. And to be able to to get a course that is current, if it's six months old, it's probably out of date, right? So what's the latest with Facebook? So a lot of these Udemy course uh, content creators, and course, people, the really good ones are always updating their course to get the latest. So when you signed up a few years ago, you got kind of the, the skeleton version of something, some idea that then they've went in and just continuously update the material to reflect current situations. And that's how they, yes. that's how they stay competitive and are successful. So uh, that that's my feedback on Udemy. That's good stuff though. Udemy is a great, great asset. Uh, 10 bucks. You're just not sure. 10 bucks. Who cares? 10 bucks. Go try right. it out. If you get right. one little lesson that's been of value, life is good.
1: Yeah. I mean, for especially for, uh, you know, a price like 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah in an effort like I'm, I'm going into Facebook's, uh, Facebook ads. I mean, i I was flying blind. I, I, I knew nothing really about Facebook ads, but, uh, this course has helped me tremendously. And even if it was at the same level, it was two years ago, it, it would have been worth it again, just to kind of go into Facebook ads, not completely ignorant about right. how to even navigate, uh, Facebook ads and all that, so it's it, it's definitely proven its worth to me. It's it, it was no, that's good stuff. A good, a good purchase then,
0: and definitely helped me now. Great, I'm and I'm looking forward to to uh, more discussion on how that's going for you. Um, for me, I've I've been working on some uh, a lot of I'd say logistic. I don't know what the word is. Some uh, administrative or um, just building blocks here. I got a couple of different web websites. I I use Kajabi. I use WordPress. So I, what I've done is I've taken my, the one that you always announce now at the end of the end of the podcast here, It was a WordPress site. It's more of a personal branding thing that I'm doing. And I've taken that off of WordPress. I moved it into Kajabi. That way the course creation process, all of those things are tied together a little more tightly than with learn dash or some things, some other plugins on, on WordPress. So what I'm going to do and my intent is I'm going to use that as the hub for any type of digital product. Or, for example, in the aerospace side, I have a, a mini course that'll still stay in Kajabi. That'll still be now under stephenfoust.com, but I'll have a, a redirect from WordPress. I've moved the aerospace site out of Kajabi and over to WordPress. I'll still launch people over to Kajabi or the course itself, registration, keeping all of that clean and easy on the back end, the front end, and everything. So I'm I'm just thinking about the workflow a lot of how I funnel people to the the things that I offer in a way that makes it a better user experience for them and a an easier uh, creation experience, an easier way for me to manage the back end of that, so I don't spend my day uh, you know chasing all these loose ends. So. That's that's something I've done. I'm also really digging this whole story brand thing from Donald Miller. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, folks that are listening, Story Brand by Donald, Donald Miller. I've enrolled in his a business made simple university. It's 275 bucks for a year access. He has four or five courses in there. And um, I'm just learning tons about, you know, sales funnels and website building and directly from the horse's mouth on how to set that up and i'm looking at all of my is google calls it uh, properties all of my properties and establishing story brands not just on the home page but working to really flow that down through every page of my website and that's one of the things is have every page be kind of a story brand in and of itself and i'm finding that to be uh A, kind of hard to do because I have to sit and really think about it. And he has some great workbooks and things to to help with that. But I'm getting a lot of value out of that. And it's just really making me think differently about how to attract the ideal client for the specific thing that I'm attracting them for. Whether it's the Army Promotion Point niche site, whether it's, um, uh, you know, something on a more personal brand, something like that. So whether it's aerospace uh, it, it, it's really helping to craft the story. So I attract people that I'm most likely to a serve and b yeah. uh, maybe serve them more deeply in a paid relationship if, if it goes that way. So that's what I've been working on my friend and, um, yep. just enjoying it. I, I like the sausage making and, and, and bouncing around a little bit with tools and, we're doing this on zoom and I'm, I'm off of go to meeting. I'm off of Squadcast, I'm off of all these (laughs) things, man. I don't know. I'll find something else for next week.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure you will. (laughs) I mean, I I think it's a really good idea. I'm a big fan of the whole story brand thing as well. And you know, here's the deal, uh, advertising, marketing, promotion, that's not in the wheelhouse of either of us. You bet. Right. And so we've got to go and find, you know, all the, the good resources to help us do that. And, and I definitely believe that Story Brand is a, uh, by Donald Miller is a, is a, a really, really good way to, to help us translate what we're doing into something that, that can become, you know, marketing and advertisement and promotion for the services and the products that we do. I mean, you know it well enough. I mean, uh, Donald Miller, what he does is he, he, he basically gives the secret sauce of a movie right a movie follows a, a a a pattern every movie that we love and enjoy it follows a pattern and so what he does is he translates that for people like you and me who are not advertising experts right he translates that in such a way that we can take the service that we provide the problem that we solve you know the product that we have and we can turn that into a story that uh that follows that pattern such that people see it recognize it and, uh, and want to buy it, want to, want to interact with us, want to engage with us. So yeah, uh, I, I, I think it's phenomenal. You've, you've latched onto that story brand and using that I use it as well and uh, I'm glad it's out
0: there. I'm glad that resource is out there for people like you and me Yeah, where it's just not our strength. Well, I'm hoping that uh, I'm going to get all this Facebook knowledge off of you and, and, and our mastermind group and then I'm hoping I can bring some insights from this story brand, deeper learning, deeper content in, into our group as well. And that's the beauty of a mastermind group, folks. So if you're not in one, you're not taking advantage of, of like-minded people that, that serve each other at a very high level, that can that can uh, recognize the journey that that you are each on and, and pour into that person and help, then you're really missing an opportunity in life. And that's how Michael and I found each other just yep. uh, randomly uh, a year ago. And hey, man, it's been a year, uh, a year ago. And then we've added um, uh, Heather to our group. Yep. And it, I tell you, it's it's changed my life and it continues to change my life. And you should be looking for something like that yourself. So you want to button us up, my friend?
1: Yeah, let's do that. So uh, calls to action. So today, uh, again, I hope Stephen and I have convinced you your emotional self-care is important to your leadership so take some of the tips and the tactics that we shared with you, implement those, but just add emotional intelligence to your list of topics that you want to dive into and learn more about to make you a better leader. So again, I hope you you understand the importance of emotional self-care. Uh, for our show today, this is epi- episode number 36. So head over to leaderpreneurshow.com, leaderpreneurshow.com, episode number 36, you'll find the show notes for today's podcast episode number 37 next week we're going to be talking to you about mental self-care mental self-care will be next week so don't miss that for all things steven faust and all of his leadership his promotion points for the army and all that you can find that at stevenfaust.com and as always for me you can find everything that i'm doing over at credible until steven and i speak to you next week again about mental self-care Be blessed and lead well.